Welcome to the Other News Podcast for January 12th, 2023. I'm John Bound, your host here at dailynewscollective.com. Well, what did I tell you last night? If they wanted to go looking for classified documents, they needed to check Biden's Delaware home. And lo and behold, as the Gateway Pundit reported, cover-up. Biden and White House lawyer failed to publicly disclose December 20th discovery of classified documents in Corvette Garage in initial statement. They've known for months. The initial statement issued by White House attorney Richard Sauber on Monday to address the CBS News report on classified documents being discovered at the Penn Biden Center on November 2nd, 2022, failed to disclose that additional classified documents were found at Joe Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home on December 20th by Biden's personal attorneys. What followed was straight out of a bad movie. Okay. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway, was in a garage. yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, and th- this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately cl- uh, uh, no- notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you very much. Thanks. And I'd like to point out that this uh, this tape has not been tampered with or edited in any way. Uh, it even has a, a time code on it, and, and those are very difficult to fake. For the benefit of the court, would you please explain time code? Just because I don't know what it is doesn't mean I'm lying. And as the Gateway Pundit reported, Cash Patel predicted that I think you're going to find out that Joe Biden had many more places where documents were improperly stored and the Justice Department had known for quite some time. He likened Joe Biden's Delaware garage to a crime scene. And now we wait for the conspirators, if any, bubbling to the surface as Biden lunges for another four years in the White House and his party has had enough. They want to elect somebody even worse. Perhaps it's the Obamas taking him out. Meanwhile, Biden is celebrating 40 million Mexicans in the U.S. with Mexican President Andre Lopez Obrador. According to Breitbart, Obrador gushed at a January 10th press conference with Joe Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, saying that, Just imagine there are 40 million Mexicans in the United States, 40 million including people who were born here in Mexico, 
and who are the children of people who were born in Mexico. Well, shouldn't they just stay in Mexico? At the Tuesday summit, Biden pushed the globalist pro-migration nation of immigrants narrative as he described all Americans, including the descendants of Americans, as mere immigrants. Biden's use of immigrant denotes demotes the status of American citizens to that of illegal migrants because the same immigrant term is normally used by establishment outlets to promote illegal migrants. Are you following? Biden also called for the use of global labor to fill jobs in the U.S. economy, regardless of many sidelined Americans and regardless of the economic impact on ordinary Americans' wages and rents. And further down the equator, the aftermath of the riots in Brazil is rearing its ugly head. Gateway Pundit reported that Brazil regime change, regime planning to deny conservative senators and representatives their seats, a thousand Lulag, aka Gulag, concentration camp inmates have also been forced to get the vaccine. Arrested protesters in Brazil are being forcibly vaccinated with the COVID shots against their will. The left is now planning to deny conservative senators and representatives their seats in Congress and complete their Stalinist takeover. Almost a thousand political prisoners are being held in the federal prisons in Brasilia. The men were sent to Papuda Prison, the women to Comia Penitentiary. Upon arrival, they are vaccinated against COVID, probably against their will, given a rolled-up mattress without a pillow and a hygiene kit. As tyranny goes live worldwide. Speaking of the tyranny back here in the United States, Kevin McCarthy has vowed to release all of the 14,000 hours of January 6th footage that would completely change the narrative. That from Gateway Pundit as well. And from PJ Media, more proof that Nancy Pelosi was more responsible for the J6 riot than Trump. A little-noticed bill passed before Christmas shows that the U.S. Senate knows Nancy Pelosi had more to do with the U.S. Capitol breach on January 6, 2021, than anything President Trump did that day. Indeed, Nancy Pelosi could be crowned Queen of the Mob since her actions led to the crashing of the perimeter fences, general dysfunction, and the deaths of Trump supporters that day that continues to be whitewashed by the media. While Capitol Police officers are honored for their sacrifice that day, which actually didn't happen. Even after the one-sided January 6th committee left Pelosi's role on the cutting room floor, there's one inescapable conclusion. If she'd done her job, there wouldn't have been a riot. No deaths of Trump supporters, no show trials, and no political prisoners sitting in solitary confinement in a D.C. gulag for two years awaiting trial. And there would have been no need for federal agents to orchestrate a riot. Pelosi was more responsible for the marauding mob at the Capitol that day than anything President Trump did to incite the huge crowd of supporters, which he probably didn't. And here's how we know this. On Monday night, December 12th, senators unanimously passed a measure to remove authority for calling out the National Guard from politicians like Nancy Pelosi and gave it over to the Capitol Police. 
Despite heightened threat assessments by federal authorities showing problems ahead of January 6, 2021, and the Trump administration offering National Guard help, the people who were supposed to call out the Guard, the Speaker and the D.C. Mayor, Mariel Bowser, wanted no Guard on scene due to optics. Bowser had battled with Trump over National Guard presence during the BLM Antifa riots in the past and didn't want the militarized look in D.C. If she needed them at all for January 6th, she decided the Guard would be unarmed and relegated to traffic control. Pelosi's office was heavily involved in planning and decision-making before and during the events of January 6, 2021. She was even involved in making a documentary during the debacle. Pelosi also micromanaged the sergeant-at-arms, according to texts and other communications that came to light after January 6th. From early December 2020, Pelosi aides attended regular meetings with Irving and Sund to discuss the security plans. So hands-on was Pelosi's chief of staff, Terry McCullough, that at one point she was editing details of parking, event timing, and language regarding official business visitors for the joint session. The Pelosi team's messages and posts were exposed in an investigative report by the same House Republicans. Pelosi removed from the J6 committee. The messages show how Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund begged Pelosi and the sergeant-at-arms to plus up security. His request for help was only satisfied after the riot fizzled out. The House and Senate sergeant-at-arms and Capitol Police Chief Sund resigned their jobs after the disaster, which could have been prevented. After kicking off Republicans from the January 6th committee, unprecedented in the history of our country, Pelosi also struck a deal with her hand-selected gaslighters to not be a subject of the probe. Her fingerprints were to be wiped from the proceedings, as was a mountain of evidence. And as the Democrats get fat, drinking champagne in their hot tub of lies, our country continues to spiral out of control. This from Zero Hedge, a decision to arm ourselves or arm Ukraine. Navy Secretary admits crisis in U.S. defense stockpiles. The leader of the U.S. Navy has admitted that the question of dwindling U.S. armed stockpiles in the rush to arm Ukraine which now stands at over $100 billion in defense aid and counting, is dire enough that some tough, unprecedented decisions are coming, which shocked a group of reporters this week. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro acknowledged before a naval warfare conference in Arlington, Virginia today that the U.S. within the next six months could face a decision of whether to arm itself or Ukraine due to rapidly depleting stockpiles due to supplying Ukraine. The secretary was asked to respond to comments made at the conference by Admiral Darrell Caudill, commander of the U.S. Fleet Forces Command. Caudill, the reporter, said, worried that the Navy might get to the point where it has to make the decision whether it needs to arm itself or arm Ukraine, and has the Navy gotten to that point yet? Del Toro replied, with regards to deliveries of weapon systems for the fight in Ukraine, yeah, that's always a concern for us, and we monitor that very, very closely. 
I wouldn't say we're quite there yet, but if the conflict does go on for another six months for another year, it certainly continues to stress the supply chain in ways that are challenging. Steve Hankey tweeted, U.S. defense officials are wringing their hands over the rapid depletion of U.S. ammo stockpiles. Yes, the U.S. has drained its munition stockpiles to fight its proxy war with Russia. Now it'll have to cough up even more money to restock its own U.S. arsenal. Madness. The Biden administration is draining everything. And here's a highlight of Alex Jones absolutely tearing Piers Morgan a new one. Piers had the wherewithal to invite Alex back on his show and try to paint him as a conspiracy theorist, especially regarding the COVID vaccine rollout. That was a huge mistake on Piers' part. Of course, his career's in the gutter anyway. Here's my point, Alex. I don't think you you really believe any of these things. I think you realized early on in your life that there was a lot of money to be made from fueling conspiracy theories, and you have made a ton of money from it. I said Jeffrey Epstein 13 years ago ran an island in the Caribbean with kidnapped children. I said the Nexium cult was branding people five years before it broke. No. I had the sources and I had the guts. I lost viewers saying Sandy Hook might have been staged. I lost some of my reporters. That is not true what you're saying. I don't sit there and think of a story I'm going to say. I've got too many stories here. And then say, oh, I'm going to lie about this thing. I said Jesse Smollett, despite the fact I was already sued by Sandy Hook, I said the day after it, before anybody else, I said, I think it's staged. I think at 2.30 in the morning, 22 below zero I agree. in Chicago. I, think, I thought it stunk too. black guy's walking around. But here's my point, Alex. Again, here's my point to you. Here's my, here's my question for I, you. Believe it. You are a smart enough person from interviews I've seen of you with Joe Rogan for three hours. You're more than smart enough to do a show where you genuinely examine stories like Jussie Smollett and you ask the right questions, as a journalist would do. But I don't think you are a journalist. And I don't, you're not certainly not a trained journalist, but you don't come at it like a journalist. You come at it as a commercial operator who's made a fortune from fueling conspiracy theories which are ludicrous. And to a point... Let me respond to that. You've said that lie five times. Piers, you have me here. Let, let me, me respond finish. to each lie you spew. Let me finish. Your goal Some, is to spew let lies. Let me finish. I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to tell you again. I'm not against capitalism, and the people earn money normally and naturally, that's great. If I sell $70 million of food and supplements and books and films, and we make $20 million off that, and I pay my crew and my bandwidth and pay myself a couple million dollars a year, that is accurate. But the idea that I have billions of dollars and the idea that I that I did these I don't think you've made billions of dollars. Things. I think you've made several hundred million dollars. And some of the products included uh, very false claims about diet supplements and toothpaste, which could be used to fight coronavirus. And you were sent to cease and desist. No, all I said is, is that silver on contact kills all viruses just like sunlight. Mm. And I said vitamin D3 is an antiviral and vitamin C is, and it's a fact. And I also said, Piers, that the studies they'd already done with uh, mRNA vaccines showed they didn't protect you and they erased your immune system and you've had to apologize. Well, actually, va- no, no, I haven't, no. No, just to clarify, they do protect you from coronavirus. The difference was that a year into the uh, pandemic, it was uh, it emerged that the initial feeling 
that if you had the vaccine, you couldn't transmit it, turned out to be wrong. But they do Any protect real you. Vaccine they do protect you. And in fact, you. Hey, Piers, millions of people, Piers, you and millions others are of people are alive today too. because you're they took the vaccine. You're going to stand in Nuremberg too. You're going to stand in Nuremberg too. All, did you get money from Big Pharma? No, like, I didn't get like any all money. all these other media people? We're going to take, yeah, listen. The vaccines work. Did you get money? The vaccines work, like and they save millions of lives. And we are now just three days away from the World Economic Forum annual meeting. Klaus Schwab, son of a Nazi collaborator, is attempting to hire at least 5,000 special forces to protect the elite group when they meet from the 16th until the 20th. It is so exciting that at the beginning of the year, we can meet again in person. Only personal interaction creates a necessary level of trust, which we need so much in our fragmented and fractured world. To bring people together for an informal dialogue in a remote Swiss village such as Davos can be or should be a good recipe to restore trust. On their agenda this year is the declaration that pedophiles will save humanity, according to News Punch. The World Economic Forum is now calling for the decriminalization of sex with children, arguing that laws against age gap love, more commonly known as pedophilia, violate human rights. Schwab says that rather than being a scourge, the pedophilia epidemic that is sweeping the world is actually nature's gift to humanity. Schwab has declared that pedophiles are being created by nature in increasingly large numbers for a reason. According to a research paper presented at the World Economic Forum in Davos, the pedophile phenomenon represents nature's attempt to cleanse the earth and save humanity from itself. Minor attracted people are far less likely to produce large numbers of offspring according to academic data, and the so-called underage people they have so-called relationships with are statistically less likely to go on and become heads of large families themselves. A large majority of the people that attend Davos, the World Economic Forum, don't have children, but apparently they are living this lifestyle as the normalization of their twisted, mad, demonic world comes to light. But will it be able to walk in that light? I highly doubt it. And what are we doing about Klaus Schwab? Why are we just letting this continue to go on? Enough's enough already. Come on, let's let's close it. We gotta shut it down. We gotta close this down. We're crying out loud. And another fond farewell tonight to Lisa Marie Presley, the only child that we're aware of, of Elvis Presley, who died at the age of 54. She had just been seen at the Golden Globe Awards earlier this week with her mother Priscilla. She looked fine. Of course, her early death is sure to raise a few eyebrows. We wish her Godspeed. Well, that's going to do it for the Another News Podcast for January 12th, 2023. You can find us at dailynewscollective.com in the podcast section or in the front page feed. You can also find us at John Bound Politics on Spotify, John Bound Politics on Apple Podcasts, John Bound Politics on Twitter and YouTube, and Newsbound. You can reach me at Newsbound on Twitter.
for the Daily News Collective's and other news podcast for January 12th, 2023. This has been John Bound. Good night, America, wherever you are.